black as could be. Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dealt among men, example is he. Word became flesh and light shed among us, his glory revealed. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified freely forever. Die. 
worship you this morning. God, we're so thankful for all the many blessings that you give us, God. You bless us in so many ways. We're so thankful for everything you do for us. Especially thankful for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. God, thank for everything you do for us. Forgive us of all our many sins. In your name I pray. Amen. I just want to say publicly that I love, love this group behind me. They make me look good every Sunday morning and every time they sing. And I love them. I love their dedication to come to practice and, and learn stuff and just do anything I ask them to do. I remember when Mount Zion from Malvern came and sang for us one Sunday night. Brother Norvely told me, he said, there was one lady up there that had a smile on her face the whole way through. And he said, I just couldn't keep my eyes off her. She was just happy to be seen. And I've told my choir that time and time again. But a lot of times we get caught up in looking at them notes, making sure we get them right, and not smiling. But folks, we have something to sing about. We are blessed. Last night I came up and did something just silly. I put smiley faces throughout their songs. And um, Bruce was helping me, and about the last one, he handed me one. He said, here, this is a special one. I said, what? What's special about it? He said, I put a smiley face on every page. So somebody up here is going to be smiling throughout the whole song. I said, whenever you see that smiley face, you remember what we're singing about. But again, I thank the Lord that we have something to sing about.
this time Miss Betty Wells is going to bring our special. today to thank you not for things I ever mentioned here before not for blessings you have given or the joys you promised are in store so as I bow before you give me the words to express my deepest thanks not for what you've given, but Lord, for what you took away. You took my guilt and shame, and all my sinful blame became as yours. You opened wide your hands as a guilty man. You're my crown of thorns. You took the death I'd earned and all that I deserved on Calvary. Lord, thanks for what you've given. But most of all, thanks for what you took from me. Father, please forgive me for all the times I failed to mention this before. I've been so concerned with treasures, I went so far as to even ask for more. But you've shown me, Lord, what's precious. It's not the things you've given me today. For their worth to me is nothing when compared to what you took away. You took my guilt and shame, and all my sinful blame became as yours. You opened wide your hand as a guilty man. You wore my crown of thorns. You took the death I'd earned. And all that I deserved on Calvary. Lord, thanks for what you've given. But most of all, thanks for what you took from me. You took the death I'd earned. And all that I deserved on Calvary. Lord, thanks for what you've given, but most of all, what you took from me, what you took from me.
I'm going to open your Bibles first, Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, speaking on the subject of what are you thankful for, there's a lot to be thankful for. You could uh, just endless amount of blessings. Just so thankful for each of you here today. I know God is going to convict your heart of something that maybe we should be more thankful for or think about, and I hope that you are this morning. Let's stand for the reading of God's holy word. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. And we give you all the praise for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Just a, a short verse and everything give thanks. Unfortunately, our holiday season, both Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, often becomes stressful. Matter of fact, uh, some of these that I, were, I was looking at all these things to be thankful for, uh, and they all started with S, uh, you know, salvation and security and uh, uh, selfless people instead of selfish people, uh, different things like that. Uh, simple times. We're going to talk about some of those things in just a second. But all of these things are, are very important. Matter of fact, a lot of times the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas especially, can become about the opposite S's, if you will. And that is they can become stressful. We make them that way, don't we? Holidays can be difficult because sometimes... Uh, uh, family situations, and I tell you, as many different families as we have in this room this morning, there are different situations for every family, and a lot of times it can lead to good times and good fellowship. Sometimes it can lead to stress. Uh, we, it's just part of our nature. Matter of fact, I remember one time when we first moved here, uh, Allie, and you know, I think about all the ones in Allie's grade. Uh, she's a freshman in high school, and uh, Sean Melanson, just all the different others that are her age. Uh, they were they were all when we moved here. They were in pre-kindergarten. That's how old Allie Joe was. And uh, it was sometime right after that. I don't know if it was her kindergarten year or her first grade year. And uh, she was, and of course, I missed her mom, right? I, I you know, helped take her to the doctor and this and that and all these things. And, and one day she was crying. She was boo-hooing. She was squalling. I mean, and I, could, I said, what's wrong, Allie? What's wrong? What, just tell me. Because men, we want to find out the problem and fix it immediately. You know, we haven't, a lot of men haven't learned the art of listening or just allowing a female just to cry it out. And we want to fix it immediately. Just tell us the problem. And sometimes, though, we may not want to know what the problem is. And then another times we don't understand what the problem is. But she just said these words. She said, uh, Dad, I'm just an emotional wreck. <sighs> and she just, I mean, I've never understood that. And uh, so, you know, to be in, if, I, if I'm crying, I got a reason to cry. I'm just not an emotional wreck. And uh, somebody has passed away. The food has been spilt. There's something, there's a reason to cry. And uh, there's something going on. There's specific. 
as what you know we get upset about. But today, there's a, no matter if you're emotional wreck or if you're stressed out right now, do me a favor. Everybody, it's a work for everybody, uh, more so for some than others. Everybody take a deep breath. There you go. Come on, breathe in. Make that lungs expand. If you really want to expand the lungs, your stomach will go out. If you've ever studied that, Miss Barbara knows this. <sighs> Breathing. Come on, breathe. Get uh, Like Mr. Miyagi, get back to the basics of life. And he said, what's that? You know, step one, two, three. No, breathing. And uh, God, as a matter of fact, the very first thing, God made Adam and Eve, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The basics of life. Slow down. Stop. God said, be still and know that I am God. Stop stressing. And I know that's a cliche and it's easier said than done. It's easy to freak out. It's easy to be an emotional wreck. It's easy to be stressed out during the holidays. There's too much going on in there. There's so much happening. All of these things, but just take a moment and breathe. For the next 20 minutes, let's just take a breath, take a break, and see what we have to be thankful for. Head now to Luke 19, and we're going to start reading with verse 1. And what this is about is being thankful for our salvation and seeing this guy's salvation experience. This is a very famous story. It's also a very simple story. And I like simple. Matter of fact, as, as we look at this passage here, we're just going to fly uh, through it and see what Zacchaeus had to be thankful for. And uh, taking off with verse 1, verse 1 through 4 is what I just call a time of desperation. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus which was chief among the publicans. And he was rich. This guy didn't have money problems. This guy did not have, uh, you know, he wasn't worried about his 401K. He wasn't worried about his Social Security check coming in. He wasn't worried about this bill or that bill because he had everything he needed. But guess what? This fellow, unbeknownst probably to everybody, was stressed out. Now, you can be rich and you can be stressed out. You can be any huh, amount of money and be stressed out. But he was, it doesn't matter. You say, money is the answer to my problems. Well, guess what? It wasn't for him. Matter of fact, he was needing something. He was longing for something. He's looking. Matter of fact, he heard that Jesus was coming. Matter of fact, verse 3, he sought to see Jesus, who he was. And he couldn't because of the press and he was a little bitty guy. He was of little stature, verse, that was verse 3 and verse 4. He ran before, and of course he climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And this desperation, he's got to, he heard Jesus could do something about his problem. Something's going on. Jesus is a, a great guy. He's a great teacher. He's helping everybody out. And folks, he might be the one to help you out this morning if you allow him into your heart, allow him to the throne of your life. And then I'm what I call a time of demand. So Jesus is coming by, verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, he saw him, and he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, 
For today I must abide at thy house. I need, I've got an appointment with you. Uh, so many times, uh, you know, we for, may forget an appointment. Trey and I seem seemingly have a habit of forgetting the second offering. <laughs> and uh, by the way, if you wanted to give to that and missed or forgot, uh, just see uh, Miss Phyllis, Miss Merlin, or Miss Martha, and you can give that to them. They'll help out a bunch of missionaries. It's our annual mission offering. But <clears throat> no matter if we forget or we have an appointment that we forget, Jesus said, I have an appointment with you. Come on down. Verse 6 is a time of decision. Now, he could have said, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm, I just wanted to see you, but it didn't. Verse 6 says, he made haste. That means he got after it. And he came down and received him joyfully. Now, the Bible does not say exactly the moment when Zacchaeus got saved, but I think it was whenever he let go of that limb, when he let go of that limb, kind of like letting go of the pew and coming down and talk to the preacher. Uh, it's not about uh, exactly saying an exact set of words. But you, what you did was you made a decision. I need to talk to somebody. I need to pray. Or I've already heard the preacher preach. I open the Bible. I see the Scriptures. I know that Jesus is real. I know that I'm a sinner. I know if I died today, I'd bust hell wide open. I've got to make a decision. And there's a decision. And when Zacchaeus let go of that limb, some point in time, <laughs> he got saved. He came to know Jesus as his Savior. Matter of fact, we see the evidence of it. Folks, anytime you get excited for the Lord and he let go of that limb, he went to see Jesus and they're walking. They're headed up the driveway to Zacchaeus's house and everybody starts making fun of him. Look at verse 7. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that's a sinner. Folks, you get to serve in the Lord. You know what happens? Uh, people you thought were friends are no longer friends anymore. People that you thought were nice are no longer nice. I mean, what's the big deal? I just gave my life to the Creator of the world. I just asked the Creator of the world to save my my soul and come into my and be my Savior. What's the big deal? Why is everybody picking on me? Uh, what it is is. This, anytime you place your faith in a Savior, in a Lord, you're saying that this is important. This is real. This matters in eternity where you go and sharing that with others. And so there was derision. There was discouragement. You may be discouraged this morning. In verse 8, we see a time of what is called deliverance which just means you see the change. Now, people can say that they're saved till the cows come home. I'm saved. I know Jesus. But if they never live it, if they never act it, matter of fact, if their life reflects something different, if they don't have, if they don't, if you don't see any love, if you don't see any fruit of the Spirit, they're probably not saved. Now, we can't say, well, they're saved, they're lost, you know. All we can say, what can you say? 
Man, by the way they live their life, man, they, I, I just, it looks like they're saved. They, they act like a saved person. They talk like a saved person. They act like a saved And that doesn't mean that saved people don't make mistakes. That doesn't mean that saved people can't get angry. That doesn't mean that saved people can't do something we shouldn't do. But when we do, we say, man, I messed up. And, I'm, and if I've offended you by the way I've lived my life or the way I've acted, I am so sorry. I I need God's forgiveness, and I didn't lose my salvation. I I just made a mistake. I messed up. And if you're saved, you're convicted about that. And we see him in verse 8, it says, he said, man, man, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. Remember, he's rich. I'm, I'm giving 50% away. <clears throat> and then on top of that, if I've taken from anybody for the wrong reason, I'll restore him fourfold. And not many times does Jesus just come out and say, this person got saved, but he does in the next verse. This day is salvation come to this house. For as much as this fellow is a Jew, that's what it means when say a child of Abraham, son of Abraham. This, uh, the son of, and then the whole point of Jesus is verse 10. The son of man is coming to seek and to save that which is lost. The Bible also says that we can be thankful for our salvation. And I hope you remember a time that you were saved. The Bible talks about being thankful for our scripture and security. And I'm going to deal with those tonight. I want to skip on down to what I call simple times. <clears throat> simple times are no more. They're not. I'm thankful for them. Uh, many of us who are either just lived lived a life maybe <laughs> of meager means and uh, uh, some more than others when you think of simple times. But look at these scriptures here. I want to compare one Old Testament scripture. And uh, you remember the days I was thinking last, we went to see a movie yesterday. And uh, me and my wife went out on a date, ended up with uh, three teenagers going along chaperoning us. And uh, so, well, it was a date. And uh, we enjoyed it. And uh, had a movie and Wendy's. Okay. And did okay. And, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, remember the days before cell phones? Things were simpler before cell phones. They were. It just, there's nothing wrong with cell phones. And people can, you can run them down like people have run down TV for all these years. Oh, that's a, that's a one-eyed devil. <laughs> that TV will get you. And uh, it's all what you do with it. You remember back whenever some phones, you know, simple times. You remember when you sat, there was a chair in our house beside the phone on the wall. Because that's as far as you went. as a three-foot cord on that thing. That's it. Man, when we got the first cordless phone, I said, how does that work? Man, that cord, you could walk anywhere. And then you got too far. <laughs> static. And then, of course, we got what we have today. Simple times. Then, of course, if you did have that three-foot cord, that phone, many of you know what I'm talking about when I talk about party line. <laughs> now, some of these kids have no idea what that means. It wasn't a party. <laughs> some people like to stay on it and think it's a party and listen in at your conversation. You could tell, though, there was a different sound when somebody had the other line picked up. And, uh, but that was simple times back then. 
I remember Thanksgivings whenever. Uh, the only heat, and you know, we went to see Granny and Granddad, and the only heat in the house was that wood stove and the smell of rich lighter pine getting the fire going. Simple times. But you don't have to be old to think of simple times. Matter of fact, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Pick a time. I don't know when. Parents, if you want to, kids are going to hate me. It's all right. Pick a time and just tell everybody to shut them all off. I don't know, maybe around the meal time or supper time. Just shut them all off. Turn them all off. Yours too. Nobody, it'll, guess what? You know, used to, people waited. Huh? People waited. It says here in Job 1, in verse 21, Job said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. You can't get any more basic than that. Nothing. Huh. The Lord hath gave, the Lord hath taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Now head to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We'll begin reading with verse 6. <clears throat> but godliness with contentment is great gain. We don't have a whole lot of contentment. People aren't content. We want the latest iPhone. We want the latest and greatest. We, and, you know, I just want cheap what works. All of mine are secondhand. I stay out from under a contract that way. And, uh, you know, and Brian, I sold him my S3, got me, I bought a used iPhone. And I'm just, and not to try to, my motivation is not contentment, it's staying out from under a contract. I don't know what your, your motivation is, but it says here, contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing in, this is a reflection of Job, for we brought nothing into this world, and certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment there with us, let us be content. That means we got clothes and we got something to eat. But they that will be rich, in other words, that's your motivation. There's nothing wrong. There's Job was a rich man. Abraham was a rich man. A lot of people had a lot of stuff in the Bible. There were rich people that served the Lord. Nicodemus, probably pretty well off. But he followed Jesus. He had to come at it at every angle. That just means he approached Jesus at night and got saved. But we see his fruit later on at the cross. They that will be rich fall into a temptation and a snare. Just means it can be a distraction. Folks, the more stuff you have, the more stuff you have to maintain, the more stuff that can pull you away from the Lord. Think about it right now. Is there anything in your life that, that pulls your attention away from God? That's a distraction. Anything in your life. And you don't have to be rich. Anything in your life. It could even be you putting even a family member. You say, family is important. It's not more important than the Lord. Because if the Lord's important, your family will fall right there where it's supposed to be. And it'll take care of itself. And then it says, a lot of people say money's the root of all evil. But verse 10 does not say that. What does it say? The love of money is the root of all evil. Which while some have coveted after, they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. There's a lot of things that, and I, and I long for simple times, and there's nothing, just focus. Just take some time and say, I need to give God more time. 
I need to cut out some things in my life. I need to slow down. I need to teach my children to slow down. I need to try. And it's hard because there's pressure to try to teach our kids to be thankful. They don't, you know, I'm, my personal opinion, you know, you get 16, you don't deserve a new car. No, no. You deserve wheels that run. That's it. Okay? Matter of fact, we don't deserve anything. But that's just me. That's, you don't have to follow Michael Reese's parenting. You don't. And, uh, but that, you know, that's it. But a lot of, we get, we, we get caught up in the world. Pull, pull, pull. More, more, more. Distraction, distraction, distraction. Well, lastly, I'm thankful for selfless people. Did y'all realize, and I put this in your bulletin, it's in the bulletin, as you flip in your Bible to Philippians chapter 2. Did y'all realize that selfless people, there's, notice I said, I didn't say selfish, did I? Selfless. Selfish, opposite, selfless. Did y'all realize that most of the Ten Commandments have to do with selfishness? Stealing. That's a duh moment. Huh. Yeah, I, I took it because of what? I wanted it. Ah, huh. you know, covet your neighbor's stuff. It says in there, uh, covet your neighbor's wife. And then adultery. Yeah, that's coveting. That's self, selfish. That's covetousness or adultery. Stealing. Did you know even as kids, we lie? You say, well, kids don't lie. Yeah, they do. Just some point in time, they, they may not be habitual liars, but they do. I did. My mom caught me, whooped me. All of these things deserved all the whippings I got and more. I feel sorry for Adrian Peterson. He was raised in Texas, and he shouldn't have broke the skin. But I was thinking, switching. Boy, that's out the door. And there's some people in the South that are going, yes, switching is out. And, uh, and all those things. But you know what? Kids, everybody, adults, I don't care if you're 8 or 80, we're all selfish to a degree, aren't we? We're all selfish. But I love this scripture about the example of Timothy in Philippians 2:19. I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy, it says Timotheus, I know in the old King James, but Timothy, shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. Notice what he says about this guy. I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Christ or Jesus Christ. And you know the proof of him that as a son with a father, he has served me with the gospel. Selfless. He thinks of others ahead of himself. That's his identity. Wouldn't it be great if that was your identity? As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, no matter what is on your heart this morning, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you specifically don't just say i believe the devil believes 
Have you trusted? Have you asked Him to be your Savior? It's not just believing. It's trusting. It's asking Jesus Christ to be your Savior. If you're saved, are you, you're either walking with the Lord this morning or you're backslidden. There's no gray area there. Have you ever thought about that? You're as close to the Lord as you've ever been. Right now, you're backslidden. I backslide, and I'm a preacher. I do. I I get distracted. I get my eyes off the Lord. I go through the motions. I show up at church. You better preach at your job. Yeah, that's true. And I can show up, and my heart is not right. I don't care who you are. From the pulpit or the pew, we can get our priorities messed up. We can get our eyes off the Lord. And it's just, you, you, you've shown up here and sat here and nodded your head saying, oh yeah, get them preacher, get them. And you're not with him. That's right. You're not with him. You're not walking with him. He's not the most important thing in your life. We have a lot to be thankful for.